This episode, we're covering the white trees and once in future. Thank you, Greg. You're very welcome. This is our bachelor party episode. What's up? Oh, yeah. Bachelor party started early. Mm-hmm. Be wet and wild here, folks. Yep, we're all soaking wet. We all have lamps, lampshades on our heads. Do you guys know the name of the fetish where you get oiled up and have sex on like a inflatable mattress? Uh, yeah, it's called sex. <laughs> yeah, that's just like normal sex, that's just right? Sex. No, there's a fetish of this. I'm pretty sure. This is, but the 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 kink is just using oil and lubricant, right? I think it's that you get like so slick up that you're like you just you could slip into anything let me look it up this is gonna be a weird search but yeah do it in private browsing okay uh i don't know how to do that i can't believe you have to tell him that fetish some people don't know oiled okay i believe the term spelled n-u-r-u do you know what that nuru nuru yes it's like a massage thing so the 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 kink is a massage. Uh, I, is it that just massage? Sex? You're just getting oiled up. And you're just massaging? getting oiled up. Is the beginning of that porn that you're watching someone getting a massage? I don't know. I'm just. Mm-hmm. Is the kink <laughs> the obscene amount of oil? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like is it's that, cartoonish. It's well, like if gallons this, of if oil. If the damn thing would come up. Does, can... And does the inflatable bed? Is that really part of this? <laughs> That's what I think so. I think it has to be <laughs> on an inflatable mattress. This is a, a, I want to say right now, this is a very spe- specific. <laughs> there must be something with like the bouncing and moving that you need an inflatable mattress for. Maybe like okay. the sound of the oily well, body. I guess on you don't. The... You don't want like if you're gonna oil yourself up like crazy, you don't want to do it on your bed, right? You want it on something you can hose off. For nu- for Nuru massage beginners, the thirty six hole inflatable mattress is great for two. That's on. This is on Pinterest. Good God! Why is that on Pinterest? Yeah, why is that on Pinterest? I don't know. Um. Okay. Here we go. Uh, but hang, I've got a question first. Why is that on Pinterest? <laughs> oh, you fuck different holes in the mattress. I think that might be it. Maybe. Oh, here we go. Nuru, Nuru Massage Shunga Exotic Fruit. Uh, here, I think that's a picture of them maybe doing it, um, enjoying the Nuru Massage. <laughs> Hold on now. For research <laughs> hey, po- uh, purposes, I think I need to see it, this. It is Greg's bachelor party. <laughs> well, okay, so th- that's why we got into this, is we have a Nuru. Oh, my goodness. We have a Nuru mattress out, and we have Nuru. Uh, if we're saying that word wrong, somebody listening to us, let us know. But we have Nuru oil out. Can I say something before we even comment any more about this Nuru? This looks like 100% no fun. <laughs> This looks like just a giant mess. Uh-huh. It's like when you put too much honey on your toast. You're like, well, this is ruined. I, don't... <laughs> I thought it would be fun to put a bunch of honey on this, but it's yeah. just kind of sticky. And I don't want to okay, desire so, it anymore. So the the so, thing that they're in would destroy your knees. Also, so, that's a wrestling pit. I think, that's for no, like... no, no, no. I think, I think it goes on top of an inflatable mattress. This keeps the oil in. It is a wrestling mat of sorts. That's a cover for your inflatable mattress. Right. I, yeah. Okay. So, okay, does sorry, the, I'm new to Nuru. Does the Nuru, um, does it have as like a sensual feeling to it? Does it get you tingly? 
No, I think it's just like it's non-porous. So when you pour a fuck ton of oil on you and whoever you're in that Nuru pit with, it doesn't leak out. No, 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 no. That's why it has like gutters around it. Yeah, right. So nothing spills out. Totally. Okay, but hang on. I think that the actual, <laughs> the massage oil might be called the Nuru. I don't know what the some okay somebody audience people let us know if this makes the podcast. They're not. No one. No one's gonna tell us about this. <laughs> tell me about Nuru. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to First Issue Club, huh? Yeah. Huh. What an episode. Where you been? Oopsie. Thanks for joining us on number one oh nine. I'm Mike D. I've got Budget King and Greg with me. Hello. Hey. It's a beautiful boys club today. Beautiful boys all in a row. Mm-mm-mm. Now, why is it only a boys-only show, I wonder? Hmm. I think Caitlin is, is on a bachelorette She trip? is. So that must mean... <laughs> it's get oiled up and have sex with Greg time. Oh, uh, well, that is, is that a bachelor you, party. Is that what you wanted for your bachelor party? Well, guys, if you notice the new room playmat in the middle of the room <laughs> that we're recording in. Do you enjoy the finer things of life? Do you enjoy having oil everywhere? You thought sand was bad. Welcome to Nuru. All right. I'm do- new to Nuru and new to dab dabbing. You're new to Naruto? <laughs> no, Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's new to it. <laughs> All right. Well, should we get the podcast started? We should. Uh, let's. Get the, let's get this podcast started. First up, we are covering Chip Zdarsky's White Trees, also a couple other great creators on this issue. Budget King, can you take us through it? Oh, yeah. White Trees is a one of two book, which Weird. is not something that we often get right. put, put out on uh, by Image. Can I also say, not a fat copy either. Yeah. We know for a fact, because especially because of books like Headlopper, they can print 60-page comics. Or Often. Uh, Absolute Carnage. Which was 80. <laughs> yeah, that book was like 80. Uh-huh. So it makes me wonder, is the end, like, is issue two going to uh, be like... 150 pages. Yeah, like 90 pages. <laughs> like the first one was a normal comic and the second one's like massive. And also, like, why not just release a trade? Yeah, totally. Yeah, if it's one of two, yeah. I don't get that. Anyway. We're starting off weak, but we're going <laughs> to... I think we're all going to end strong on this book. Yeah. Um, so th- this has a real um, kind of like crusading adventure D&D flair to it. The premise is that there's a bunch of dads whose children have been... Oh, uh, zaddies. Uh, <laughs> uh, zaddies. Whose children have been captured um, in a high fantasy realm. And so there is two daddies that have a daughter and there's a single dad who is uh, whose wife um, has been murdered and he's very sad and they now need to go on a trip to figure out where their kids are and try to rescue them but uh, they don't really like each other or at least uh, a handful of them don't like each other I like how you say trip like they're going on summer vacation <laughs> this is very much a quest yes it to is a quest. get their children back yeah they're going on a trip to uh, uh, the Bahamas to and, uh, just unwind and they all have names. Like uh, the the bold, <laughs> yeah. Like most people yeah, do. They, sorry, 
You're right. Did, oh, you guys want to hear an awesome thing today? I said to somebody, can you hand me that note-taking thing? Meaning pen. <laughs> I mean, your brain's all kind of messed up today. Yeah, cool. it was bad. Um, They have titles that are their names like afterwards. So it's like something, something, the bold, the swift, and then from like some dark sand or something like that. Black sand? Black sand. There we go. So we know that they're legends. Yes. Yes. They've earned hella nicknames. Yeah. Normally you get those kinds of uh, little add-ons to your name. You've done some badass shit. So these guys have been known to do some badass shit. Mm-hmm. Um, this book is actually pretty straightforward and in a lot of like kind of questing adventure-y stuff, I feel like. And that's what I was going to say. Until we enter the like sex orgy ghost scene where yeah. I'm just like, there's the Chip Zdarsky I know and love. The forest <laughs> of temptation. Yeah. And a no goof zone, which I would expect typically Chip Zdarsky to go wild hamming it up in like a sex fueled scene. Didn't happen. No. No. They, uh, yeah, it was very serious. There was, I mean, it was a lot of sex, and there was a lot of um, uncircumcised penises. Yes, which I appreciate in a fantasy realm. Yeah. Why would you cut, do that? Cut skin. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they would even have that practice available. Yeah. And um, it, I guess the highlight of this book is that how much, I guess, gay stuff is going on in like a pretty otherwise just like fantasy filled novel and i think that that alone makes it super interesting it's written really well yeah um and like the relationships are believable and mm-hmm. interesting um and i think it would i mean not to go back to your point but i don't think it's just like a specific a lot of gay things were happening i think what chip did was really break down sexual and gender norms to be like listen this is just about sexual freedom here. These people don't really adhere to straight or gay or bisexual. They just love pleasure. And so I think that that might be a, a thing about this world um, is that like, yeah, they don't really like have like a what sex do you prefer? Yeah. Because even the other guy who presumably if you read this through a heteronormative lens, you would just assume, oh, he's like into women. Mm-hmm. When he gets approached by a ghoul, it's like a slightly like transy ghoul mm-hmm. yeah. um, of like having kind of both body parts. And so you would seemingly think like he's being tempted by that. Yeah. And I love, I love, if that's the world that where it's like just sexual um, freedom and this is the fantasy world that Chip chose to write, I think that take alone is really fun. Mm hmm. And I think it's like not even like a new take, but it's like it's its purest form of temptation. You know what I mean? Because not not only is the ultimate temptation of just like the thing you lust after, like let's say since I am um, straight, I would lust after a woman. But like the ultimate sexual freedom for me would be to have the open minded and the ex- the willingness to explore my sexuality with every. Oh, we didn't say this, but not all the characters are human. Like they're beastly. So like, yeah, we have like a, a cat creature. Yeah, a kajit. Um, <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna get technical. Uh, and there's like yeah, so there's other types of like foreign creatures mm-hmm. too. So to add to the sexual romping that's going on. The the when the concept of the sex forest was first introduced, it's uh, one of our leads peeking into his tent. And there's a red devil looking huge goblin, like legs spread, nipples pierced, whole hog. <laughs> he was whole hogging it. Yeah. Mm. 
<laughs> well, and like it came out of nowhere. Like there's yes. no lead up in any of the pages beforehand that there is going to be any mention of sexuality or like right. anything like that. And then not only was sexuality on display, but like so openly and exposed like that. I mm-hmm. mean, it was it was shocking, but like in a refreshing way. Totally. Like when you get out of the sauna and jump right into a cold pool. And and they just initially engage. So it's like, I think, I like thinking of it like this is just a world filled with pleasure. Like they weren't being duped into like lustful behavior. It was just like, oh, fuck yeah, it's on. Like yeah. there's people here who <laughs> are down. There's naked and a hard dick. Well, I, I'll get on that. And one of them, uh, I can't remember the character's names, but the guy who's married to Cat Guy mm-hmm. uh, was just like, honey, I know you need this now, but you can't do it because it's like a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Not because I don't want you to do it. Yeah. It's because we have to find our daughter first. Right. And then we can come back to Orgy Forest and get our freak on. Yes. It wasn't like, get his cock out of your mouth. <laughs> it was like, it was like, honey. <laughs> yeah. I, I know this. I know you're having fun, but like. We have work in the morning. We, yeah. We've got stuff to do. I think that this is a comic book that a lot of people could get into very easily, like, because it's only going to be one of two. Yeah. And it's like a really, the story itself outside of this sexual romp is pretty, like, fun. I mean, I wouldn't say fun. It's at least in, in interesting. It's fleshed out and doesn't rely on the nudity and the sexual uh, forest to progress the story. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, th- there's other things around it that, uh, are also enriching and complicated. So, so there's a concept that start that starts off the whole story where um, just you, you seemingly know that this guy was a hero and he was a farmer and he gets brought in to talk to the king, and the king brings them together and is like, "Hey, you guys, um, both your kids are captured." And then they figure out, "Whoa, whoa, our kids are dating. What? Why are they captured? Blah blah blah, whatever." But the really cool, intricate story about this is like they kind of just verbally process the king is telling this to us because he knows he can't go get them back because that would start a war Mm -hmm. and like he knows we're kind of warriors so like we could just go get them back if we needed to which kind of puts this whole like i bet there could be a plot twist like maybe it was actually the king that like had them captured and Mm. because he wanted to incite a war yeah, yeah yeah very true by using them right and stuff so there's like that kind of whole kind of stuff that could happen i have a feeling the king's up to no good i picked up on the same vibe and maybe that's me reading into it too much i also appreciated that scene in particular for getting us into the meat and potatoes of this right away mm-hmm. like we know it's going to get into a quest eventually and it did it in like three pages and then let us have a ton of fun the rest of the book right sometimes i appreciate the books that set you up and introduce you to the character slowly and other times i appreciate when it's like let's just fucking get on the quest and start learning what the hell happened and this was one of those situations where we strongly benefited from that right and we should also mention that these aren't four strangers thrown into a quest they all have a history together they've been in battle before and the what we learn is that the main character may or may not have done a cowardly act and let all of their friends or comrades die in battle and the Khajiit character, also known as Big Cat Daddy, uh, holds it against him uh, to this day. Yeah, my the impression that you get is that he, he swore off of killing. Yes, exactly. Because uh, Either because of that situation or his wife right. being murdered. And it's tough to be like a legendary war hero and then be like, 
nah, I'm not going to do like the one most effective thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> his his new resolve or temporal temperament is on display when they stumble into a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that scene was badass. Yeah, it was awesome. The two daddies are going full on battle mode, trying to kill it. And the, uh, I guess, widowed daddy um, is just looking at the dragon in the eyes and just staring at him and just like completely just like, I think I have it. He's kind of accepted like I could die or not, but I think like whatever. And the other two, the the daddies that are married um, (laughs) are uh, very shook by that like action that he just like was like completely badass and stared death in the face. Yeah. It's almost like the, the, the other two characters who are very headstrong and acting a little too quickly or go into action before they really process things are upset because the, the, the lead character who has sworn off fighting is taking a more like uh, analytical, not analytical, but like he's taking a more slow process and analyzing things. And he's just staring mostly and like analyzing each scene. And he, he realized that the dragon isn't attacking them because he wants to hurt them. It's just, he, he's trapped there. He's, he has a leash on with a chain. So he needs to, Cut him loose. Yeah. He just flies off. That's what I would do if you guys stumble into a dragon. I would just figure out the, the smart way to get rid of it while you guys are kind of... Right, because Mike and I are so headstrong. We would just be you wait running for, into wait the for battle. Budget, budget King to kind of just right. th- think you out of it. Mm-hmm. We would never know that the painting was still wet. <laughs> you know? Like these small details. Yep, just tiny details. <laughs> um, I guess most people, I would assume, listening to this podcast have a familiarity with Chip Zdarsky. But if you don't know, he's kind of known as like the uh crass comedian kind of comic writer um not crass like um like uh willing uh, to push limits i guess not crass, like willing to kind of take risks risky he's Um, not like andrew dice clay correct nobody is um (laughs) thank god uh or howard stern um but you're right he's not like he's he's a very good comedic writer Mm -hmm. and he does it in a way that doesn't seem stale Mm-hmm. He's he's inventive right. with his writing. He's he's done plenty of comic books that, in my opinion, don't fall into a distinct category. I think they're uniquely original and quirky. Um, he did Coptara, I mm-hmm. think was the name of that Amazing. book, which was really good. Right, right. And then Sex Criminals is one that I think most people know him from. Um, he's done. I think he did Howard the Duck for a minute. Howard the Duck, his run there was yeah. great. He's currently writing Daredevil, yeah. which is amazing yeah chef's kiss yeah can i just say for a sec that there have been a a few issues of that run already that i was like man this is like a signature book of his career like they're written like these powerful scenes in movies Mm -hmm. he had one maybe two weeks ago you've been keeping up with the series right yes Mm -hmm. where he's speaking to like a crime boss Right. Like he accidentally accidentally finds himself there and the whole comic book takes place over this like dinner. Uh-huh. Whoa. And the conversations back and forth are just like I mean that's all the book is is like pure just like ideology and argument between So I thought Daredevil I thought that Scotty like, Young boss. was writing Deadpool right now. Daredevil. Daredevil. Oh, he, you said Daredevil. Got right. it. Yeah. Which uh, I just found out, little news, Kelly Thompson is going to be writing the new Deadpool ongoing. 
Oh, cool. She wrote um, Avengers West Coast and uh, the Hawkeye run yeah. that we yeah, really yeah. Liked. like. We gave we gave her honorable mention for uh, Redder of the Year, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we gave so. Her number six. So yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see her work on Deadpool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So easily able to pick up this second book. I uh, was shocked about how much I liked this book. To be honest, really, the cover kind of just was like right up my alley. Well, I mean, Image Image is known for having quality work. And sometimes they just shotgun blast first issues out, and they're just like, whatever fucking Agreed. sticks, whatever yes. sticks. Oh, I, I actually think they're getting more known for just, like, doing more of that. Just being like, yeah, it's an indie comic, and uh, we'll see. It's created around, so we don't really take a loss on it. That's what I mean. Like, they just put a ton out. Yeah. And, like, very few times, unfortunately, is you get a real solid book. And this is one of them that I didn't think was going to be a solid book, but it's turning into be. I don't want to. I don't want to go too far ahead and spoil our next conversation at all. Mm-hmm. But I think, as far as the podcast goes, and having like two really solid books to discuss, this is, I think, the best week we've had in a while. Right. As well as far as having two super quality first issues. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I About think, similar things, kind at, of. At least similar realms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that with indie books, which we tend to go into a lot especially with newer ones um there's not it's tough to have two books that are just super solid in one week if you do two indie books correct Well, do you guys want to get into the new one? Yes. To yeah, the next book, The Once in Future by Gillen, Mora, and Bonvillain. Ooh, what a good last name. <laughs> Bonvillain. Yeah, it's almost like Bond villain. Yeah. So this book is out on Boom, um, and this is Kieran Gillen, uh, which is uh, an author that we really we love. Adore. We adore him. Um, we stand. Yeah. And um, I think probably I became uh, his biggest fan on Wicked and Divine. Um which is like a cultural kind of entity, pop-esque, like weird kind of fantasy stuff. But it's also, he's very British. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, and so um, anyway, in this world, uh, you, you start off with discovery of a, uh, what's that thing called that you stick a, sh- a sword into? A scabbard. A scabbard. Uh, and it's one of the coolest scenes I have seen in a comic book in a while. Uh, this I, it's not an anthropologist, but whatever you call archaeologist. that. Archaeologist. Archaeologist is showing it to somebody, and as he's, like, saying it, he's like, hey, like, I didn't get your name. Like, what kind of doctor are you? And essentially, they're like, oh, you don't need to know that because I'm going to kill you and take this. Exactly. <laughs> um, You'll anyway, be dead soon, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Um, and so you kind of, you follow the trajectory of, like, what what would happen if there was, like, this, like, magical item that appeared in the world and, like, now the world's knowing about it? Well, maybe there would be uh, a grandmother who checked herself into an old folks home that was originally a vampire hunter and uh, knew everything about lore and had a son that was a goof but also a rugby player and needed to tote her around to stop uh, this invisible, or this invincible army of, uh, sorry, archaeology-seeking treasure hunters. And that's really the world of it is. It, and it is Arthurian. So it's based, this scabbard is held at one time Excalibur. So um, it's a take on the Arthurian legend as well. Right. That's where the title comes from, right? Yes. Once in Future King. Yeah, right. That's what it is. Yep. This book mostly takes place 
in a matter of two to three hours in the story. True. And a lot of fucking shit happens, and I was captivated the entire time. The, it, uh, it, it had such a flow and direction to it that I just got caught up into it, and it was incredible. I've, I loved it as well. And I think one of the strongest things about this was it was like being British to British people, which in some ways like super worked. So the villains are basically saying like, we're going to bring Britain back to the people or the UK back to the people. Because I guess Arthur said that he would return during like the Britain's U- darkest. Yeah. Hour. Britain's darkest hour, whatever that means. Um, and I think that like, just, I really love when play, when, books like know their locale base it in their locale and like really use that as like a method of understanding like mm-hmm. the world they're writing in right well i guess it helps that gillen is also british yeah british i also wonder though as someone from the midwest when people in england are reading books like this is that like when we read books and it's just like the guy with the ten cows was, you know, yeah, riding exactly. his barbecue pit down the street. Yeehaw! I don't, I don't really, I don't think this is pandering. Everybody ever. ate hay. <laughs> yeah, you're a budget king. You're exactly right. Well, one thing that I'll say about it is that I think it's for a story and lore that's been used in like a billion different things. This is a pretty fresh feeling take oh, yeah. on it 100 right? yeah. like w- when i heard the concept for this i was like snore fest. oh they could not have written a worse like the lead. synopsis yeah. was bad so bad yeah it's stupid i was like so my shop didn't have this and i had to borrow greg's copy thank you greg you're very it, welcome it sold pretty heavily yeah hard um did you get a copy mm-hmm. you yeah. did okay yeah. i was initially even though i love karen gillen i was gonna pass on it just because i was like Man, King Arthur shit. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Uh-huh. Knights and... Yeah. Well, we've also been burned by comic books that have tried to do King Arthur stuff like in a new direction. Yep. And they've fucking blew chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I straight up hate anything that's trying to do like old literary shit in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a rest. Frankenstein, fuck that book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kick-Ass Grandma was a in super interesting dynamic. I love how badass she is. I love how she had everybody at the senior living home just completely terrified of her. Right. Just wrapped around her finger. <laughs> yeah, right. Completely. And the fact that she shoots her grandson at the end of it to prove to him <laughs> that she's serious, like, wonderful. Oh, yeah. I, I think she keeps the gun pointed at him when they're in the right, entire time. Right, right. I think where this comic book was like, oh, this comic book's going there is like she's just like meandering in the woods and like has a crowbar. And at this point, you think the grandson is just trying to find his semi senile grandmother who mm-hmm. may or may not be a badass, but like you don't know. And she pries open this door and there's just like uh, you know, grenade launchers and like just a cache of weapons. Yeah, crazy weapons. Oh, I loved the like semi automatic vampire killing gun that had like the wooden spikes in it. She yeah. had the awesome line after that and he was just like, You used to kill vampires? And she was like, I did. And then there were no more. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. That was so rad. Killed herself out of a job. God, that was awesome. And then like the creature that ate all the dogs. And you could see the dogs in its stomach like barking and like trying to move around. The The snake-headed little thing. Yeah. Oh, the The questing questing beast. beast. Is that an Arthurian reference? 
I think it's I think we're leaning into like yes, King Arthur is like a legend, but you'll also get other legendary creatures now okay. that are released because of these happenings that are going on with the secret group that are trying to uh, bring King Arthur back into power. For dorky rugby player, he really fought that like dragon pretty well, just being thrown on his feet. And it, his grandmother's like just disregard for his life at that point was just so shocking to me. Well, <laughs> she was like, "Run! He'll chase you for a little bit. God, give me more time to do my shit." Well, I think it's because she knows what's at stake. Like she's willing to lose a grandchild if it means saving Britain or the world. She's like, fuck him. Like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I don't like him anyway. He has red hair. This, I mean, as a as a thirty five year old man, so I kind of feel like I like have one foot in the grave. I like uh, I like a good comic book that shakes up the uh, age norms, and mm-hmm. uh, makes it makes me think like I could be seventy and a badass vampire killer, or she's probably older than seventy. She looks like she is seventy, but let's not pretend she's not like jumping off of buildings or like kicking teeth into people like it 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 shows that it doesn't matter what age you are you can help but she does know her limitations and it shows her limitations in this book which is another unique take do you think that she would be agile or into like neurosex like an oil sex sex i think once you get to a certain age sex loses it's a lure no way not true and i am excited to get old then i actually think that's the opposite i think they like fuck like rabbits and then they like transfer stds in these places stds are a problem at senior living communities so pregnancies aren't true uh there you go you yeah you you may have confused being able to get pregnant with urge to have sex yeah i do that often thanks church camp (laughs) (laughs) you've been ruined i've been ruined (laughs) yeah this book kind of blew me away i i we stumbled into greatness here yeah i love i love the you're you're reminded a handful of times really cleverly through the book that she's a senior and has has some shortcomings because of her age mm-hmm. and one one thing was a lack of understanding of technology oh god and that like she like the fact that like Uber is a free app uh-huh. like the app is free but you have to pay for the for the ride for the ride and she was like if it's a free app I don't know why they needed my credit card number. right exactly yeah <laughs> I was even thinking like. Oh, they didn't wrap that up. Like she's gonna have a, a, a terrible credit card. Yeah, charge. just like, like a huge. Yeah, credit they card need bill. to go address that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you guys have any predictions on what happens from here? Um, yeah. So I think that group does raise King Arthur. Okay. And he is a bad guy because it's kind of alluded to that in the car. The mm. grandmother is just like, well, I've always interpreted this prophecy that. Yes, he will return in Britain's darkest time, but is that because he's returned? Yeah. Like he's the catalyst for Britain's darkest time, not to not its redemption, which I think is a pretty cool take because every story we've heard, King Arthur is this badass who helps people and is like the ultimate white knight that uh, saves everyone. Yeah. Does do you think the grandson stays like the dumb sidekick? throughout this entire thing or does he become some hero of lore i think the girl that he or the lady that he spilt wine on in the beginning comes back as a love interest i think so too that'd be interesting i would i would enjoy that they kind of had a like parting of ways of like she was like you're an endearing person who's gonna go save your grandmother even though you just spilt wine on me right she called him a goof 
Mm-hmm. So when when a girl calls you a goof on a first date, you're getting laid. Maybe not laid, but you definitely secured a second date. Mm, okay. Maybe perhaps three days of texting to save yourself to get a second date. <laughs> Speaking as a, a certified goof, work it, fellas. <laughs> Ooh, you goof. But I mean, I I, I I thoroughly enjoyed both these books this week. Yeah, one thing you mentioned that we didn't note on was the art in both. Magnifique. Oh my god, so good! It was beautiful. Both books were immaculate, like absolutely stunning. Just the the colors and the movement and like everything. The the landscapes that were done in the white trees was bananas. Yeah, it was insane. I've never seen anything like that in the last month or so. Yeah, one of the to pay once in future another compliment really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned before, I think impressive to tell enough. Arthurian tale and make it original some symbology of that in this book that's like literally taken from its pages was making the scabbard the point of interest instead of Excalibur oh yeah and they did a really they made a really good point to say that people are always focused on you know the wrong thing and giving emphasis to the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and the fact that we've got this on one hand Excalibur which is a thing that kills and then on the other hand the scabbard which heals um completely refocused like the the treasure mm-hmm. of these stories yeah which is crazy because i don't i didn't know that part of the legend and i don't know if that's something that they I just made new. up for yeah the I'm, book. Not, I'm not sure that that's but it's cool yeah it's a cool little uh little add-on there i love that so i wish i, wish I had one as mortality st- sets in for me oh man you are going to welcome death willingly as the ages Go on, and your face becomes more weathered by time. Mm, Botox, baby. Oh my god! You think you'll ever get Botox? <laughs> no, but no. I'm in. I'm into it. Okay, you're just into talking about it. You would never get it. No, not never. I I would be into it. I don't know that the money's worth it. I think by the time that we need Botox, it'll be commonplace. Like you could probably get it at CVS. Yeah, these were comics. These were comics. Yeah. Uh, what a wonderful week. Thanks, guys, for this Bachelor Party episode. Uh, I am just completely trashed on comics, and I, we will see you all next week. See ya! This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.